0: back out of here on the fan asking you guys your impressions your thoughts about bill callahan A couple things we have to get out of the way immediately on this one in case you're just joining us bill callahan's gonna go and coach with his son brian who's now the head coach of the titans and i i when it, the news first break i gave a very a very quick and a very short answer now we're gonna get into the elongated version of that but i really do believe it just comes down to doing something cool with your kid is all this is now i don't I don't want to make a big deal about it one way or another, but it does make the Browns worse. The Browns are a worse team today than they were yesterday. And I I think it's great that Bill Callahan gets to go out there and coach his son. He gets to have that memorable ride-off in the sunset. I mean, think about it. LeBron James has basically said, and this is what you just heard from our buddy Joe Varden when he joined us last segment, that if you draft Bronny... It might end up going poorly for you in the LeBron sweepstakes. But there's a reason why there are some teams that would consider drafting Bronny with the outside chance that that would be enough to entice LeBron because we know that's the last thing on his NBA bucket list, being able to play with his kid. It matters to people. Uh, again, my, my daughter's 11 months old. She's about to be uh, a full year old in 15 days. She's born on 216, so today's 201. So 15 days. If she asked me to do just about anything, she's like, hey, move Mount Everest. I'm going to try my damnedest to move Mount Everest. That's how that works. So if Brian Callahan asked his dad, hey, uh, leave the Browns, that that cushy situation you have in Cleveland where you're making, what, two to three million dollars per year and you're on a team that's got a chance to go to a Super Bowl next year and come help me out. You know, I'm in the very first year of being a head coach. I didn't think I was going to get this opportunity because I was not calling plays in Cincinnati. And I know being in the orbit of Joe Burrow helps, but I wasn't calling plays. I got a chance. You're my dream team. And it helps that his dream team has one of the, if not the best offensive line coach in the NFL. Like that's, that's a good, that's a good thing to have in your back pocket. And you saw the Tennessee Titans yesterday. They, they offloaded like six or seven different position coaches. He's going to try to bring his own staff in there. That's what you do when you get hired to be a head coach. But the fact that Bill Callahan actually left, and what does this mean for the Browns moving forward? 216474 to below 92. At the greater Cleveland Sports Awards, Joel Petonio last week, he talked about whether or not he thought Callahan would end up leaving. This is what he had to say. Coach Callahan's been instrumental, you know, for us. I think he's helped develop a bunch of us.
1: line we're, we're thankful for that. He's one of the hardest workers, you know. I know he puts in the time with us, and he's he's a big part of the run game and the scheme and protections. We appreciate what he's done, and, and hopefully, he's here for us next year. But uh, if your son calls, you know, you might need to take that phone call as well. That's pretty
0: special stuff. It is special, but again, there's no denying the Browns got worse today. He's been the line coach with the Browns from 2020 to 2023. In that stretch, the Browns had one of, if not the best, offensive line in the NFL. And Now, now some people would want to say, all right, if he's God's gift to offensive line play, why didn't he get Jedrick Wills to be so great? The counter I would make is, first off, he, he made Wyatt Teller into an afterthought, uh, or from an afterthought into a pro bowler, and I don't care who you are. I don't think Jedrick Wills can be a pro bowler. It's not turning water into wine. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there's only so much you can do. If I hire you to be my chef at a kitchen, and then all of a sudden I say, all right, look in the pantry, you have a used tin of chewing tobacco and a shoe, you're gonna be like, what the hell? I got nothing to work with. Like, there, there's only so much you can do with someone like Jedrick Wills, okay? There's only so much you can do with, uh, Gerard Christian, guys like that, and I thought he actually did better for himself in stepping in for Jedrick Wills, but you understand the point. The talent he was given, if you're able to take one Wyatt Teller in a 5-year stretch and turn him into Wyatt Teller, you are worth everything and then some. But what he was able to do with Joe Petonio himself who's put together a Hall of Fame career, what he's been able to do with the revolving door of centers that we've been able to have on this roster, I mean it's been it's been really impressive. We've had one of the best offensive lines in the game. The only offensive line I would say has been better than the Browns in the previous 4 years is probably the Cowboys. And that's about it. And there's a reason, a, a reason we talk, we don't talk about because we love Nick Chubb so much. Part of the reason why Nick Chubb has had that special, awesome career is that one, he's great. But number two, it helps when you have what is either the best or second best offensive line the entire time you've been in the NFL. We just don't talk about it because it doesn't make us feel good because we know we want to give Nick Chubb credit because we watch how many runs he's able to break off where he breaks tackles and is able to make things happen. But having a great offensive line is huge, and it's huge especially when you have situations like what we had this last year where Nick Chubb gets injured and then Jerome Ford comes in. I'll never forget the line from Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller speaking during the season Jerome Ford had a couple big runs. Remember the couple big runs he had? And Wyatt Teller was like, they asked Wyatt Teller, why is he playing so well? He's like, well, I could run through it if you gave me a car's length of area to go through. He was almost offended that his line wasn't getting enough credit in the, in that instance. Like all the credit was going at Jerome Ford. It's like, no, I gave you, I gave you a whole entire car to work through and run through. Anybody could do that. And it was amazing because in the moment I was like, ooh, he kind of made a shot there at Jerome Ford. But if anything, he was just sticking up for, his offensive line and how good they've been able to be, and I think it's one of those things that if I'm Batonio, if I'm Teller, if I'm even Conklin, when I look back on like Nick Chubb's career, and Nick Chubb ends up in Canton and he's at the Hall of Fame and he's got his you know Hall of Fame speech, I'm sitting there and I'm like, if I don't, if he doesn't mention the offensive line, I'm gonna run through a wall like I'm the the Kool Aid man. I'm gonna get mad about this because they deserve just as much of the glory as anybody for why the Browns have had the success they've had. So is, this is a big blow. There's no other way to, to look at it. This is a big blow. Now, let me take you back. This was last week, not today. This was last week with Albert Breer when this conversation got a little more heated. And I want to play this for you guys. Uh I, I don't remember if Albert's on the right side of history or the wrong side of history in this. I just remember Albert made some really good points about why Bill Callahan might be staying with the Browns. But obviously we find out that's not true. Here we go.
2: I think the answer to that is yes. Now I think the answer to that is yes because they've invested more than $3 million a year in him. They've now lost their offensive coordinator in Alex Van Pelt. And I think based on like where the staff is and where Kevin's supposed to be the yeah. Have that staff when they start OTAs in May and just the health of that staff. And Alex is a really important piece of that whole puzzle, just as far as being kind of a glue guy there. I think losing somebody as important as Bill Callahan would be devastating, so I think they're going to do whatever it takes to keep him. And look, like, one thing I can't say is how strong Bill Callahan's desire to be close with his kid would be, and... If like he goes into Kevin Stefanski's office and says, "Look, I really want to do this," maybe all this would be off. But I, I do get the sense that Cleveland's going to do everything it possibly can to keep Bill Callahan on the staff in twenty twenty four.
0: And so we know, first off, a couple things there. Albert said it would be devastating. Do you guys feel devastated right now? Two one six four seven four two below ninety two, or do you feel like we have the offensive line in place where there's enough continuity there, and there's enough enough established veterans that will be okay? And and what I mean by that is. Joe Patonio is not taking a step backwards. At this point, what can you possibly teach Joe Patonio? Wyatt Teller is not taking a step backwards. At this point, what can you teach Wyatt Teller? And Jack Conklin at this point, what can you teach Jack Conklin? All these guys have been here for a very long time. It's not as if, I mean, the, the coaching matters and the offensive line coaching matters for a lot of different, you know, players, but not for those three. Three fifths of your offensive line are going to come back and they'll be healthier than ever and they'll be better than ever. And they're all consummate professionals. So I feel like from that perspective, it's not as devastating as maybe Albert is letting on for it to be. But what I find fascinating there is that Albert said if he went to Stefanski's offense and said, this is what I want to do, the Browns would probably let him go. And Albert tweeted out earlier today, sources confirmed Mary Kay Cabot's report. It's a big win for Tennessee, landing one of the sport's most respected line gurus. Good on the Browns for letting it happen. The important part of this that I think we have to remember is the idea that the Browns did let Bill Callahan out of his deal, out of his contract, when they could have said no. And I'm not going to fault the Browns for this. Not in the slightest bit. I think a lot of people are rightly congratulating the Browns for giving Bill Callahan this awesome moment to go ahead and coach alongside his son. Really have a full circle NFL moment in what is probably going to be one of the coolest couple years of football that he's ever coached. It's also probably in a weird way. You are, you are writing your own football obituary unless your son turns into like Bill Belichick. And what I mean by that is eventually your son is going to get fired and then you'll probably have to ride off of the sunset. You would imagine at this point, that would probably be the last gig you have or even worse offensive line starts to struggle a little bit. And then could you imagine having your son in a spot where he feels like he has to fire his dad? Oh, jeez. I mean, yeah, I know. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Talk about going to the absolute worst scenarios of worst scenarios, but that's where my brain went to. Annabelle's cutthroat. This is why I told you guys last hour I wouldn't hire my mom to produce my radio show. My mom's got radio experience. I wouldn't do it. One, it's too too much cross between family life and professional life, and also... I would hate if my mom wasn't very good at the job and I had to say, hey, mom, sorry, you're fired. Like, that wouldn't be great. Wouldn't love that. But Bill Callahan said, you know, how many years in the NFL to show that he knows what he's doing? He made two to three million dollars a year with the Browns with the direct reasoning that he was good at this. And he understood, and he understood what to do with any offensive line. But I feel like. The Browns are definitely in a situation where this is not going to be, I mean, Albert said it was devastating. It's not great, but I don't think it's as devastating as Albert says it is because the offensive line as of right now is in a good spot because three-fifths of it is full of veterans. Now, if we get injuries across the board like we did last year, then maybe it'll, it'll start to expose itself a little bit more. I forgot about Dewan Jones in this whole entire thing too. I had not, I didn't bring up Dewan Jones once. I don't know what they're going to do if they move Dewan Jones to the left side. I know he's more of a right tackle than a left tackle. That man is an absolute beast. You have to find a spot for him somewhere. I, I'm convinced if he would have been redrafted, he'd be a top 10 pick in the NFL right now based off of last year's draft picks. Now if they redrafted him this year, that's how good he was. But if you're the Browns, this is not doomsday. He built him up. Now they can start to shine. Two one six four seven forty below ninety two. Is this devastating news? Bill Callahan off to go coach with his son Brian. We'll uh, we'll attack more on this. We'll get your phone calls in there as well. And I got to go after the big Weege for his thoughts. We'll do it quickly. We'll be nice about it, but it always has to happen. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you on the fan. I'm getting a lot of tweets in here. Twitter reactions. Brought to you by Schaefer Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I listen, and I'm going to read some of these. I, I really want to make sure that I don't come across as if I'm underselling the importance of Callahan. In a 15-minute segment, sometimes if you're joining the the wrong parts of it or the right parts of it, however you want to look at it, if you go back and use the Odyssey Rewind function at the very front of it, I played the clip with Albert Breer where he said it was devastating. I believe, we don't have to do it again, it's okay. I believe that it is devastating. I really do. But I'm trying to look at it like glass half full. So we start off with the idea that it's not great, obviously. And then we work our way backwards. And I'm going through, and obviously he's responsible for Dewan Jones playing the way that he is and having the season he did. You can make an argument that Wyatt Teller never turns into Wyatt Teller as we know him today, if not for Bill Callahan. And we can acknowledge that the Browns in the Bill Callahan, uh, Callahan tenure have had, if it's not number one, it'd be number two with the Dallas Cowboys having the number one offensive line in the NFL in that stretch. They have been unreal as far as the talent is concerned. I do think, though, we can acknowledge the fact that I think he's left him off in a pretty good spot. I'm not saying it makes him great moving forward. I'm just saying he's left him in a decent spot. Now, you can make an argument, Jonathan, what decent spot is that? We don't have a left tackle. We still do have a left guard that's a pro bowler. We have a right guard that's a pro bowler and a right tackle that's a pro bowler. And then we got to find room for DeWan Jones somewhere. We're in a pretty good shape, all things considered. We we have a, a surplus in some positions, and uh, you can make an argument on what you think about Jed Wills. Maybe that's the one miss of the Bill Callahan era. I'm not so sure, but I, I use the kitchen analogy, and I believe it to be true. If I hire you to be my kitchen, uh, to be my chef in my kitchen, and then you open up the cabinet and you say, I'm looking at some used tobacco and a shoe in here. What do I do with this? I say, okay, I get it. It's not great. I, I understand you can't do anything with that. That might be what he's looking at when it comes to Jed Wills. I don't know. But Ryan on Twitter says losing Callahan is huge because he got the best out of every player not named Jed Wills. O-line overperformed for all the injuries and the swaps and endured. I forgot what guest analyst said it, but Bill was basically the extension of Kevin and led the meetings. Okay. Can we clear something up there? I, I, I'm getting very confused as to who is like the glue guy around the Browns. That's not Kevin Stefanski because. Callahan is reportedly it, according to guest analysis. And then uh, Albert Breer on today, on afternoon drive, was like Alex Van Pelt was the glue guy. He was the one that kept it all together. He was the one that was doing everything on the day-to-day. Who's doing everything if it's not Kevin Stefanski? Because every person that leaves is apparently the person that is doing everything that Kevin Stefanski apparently wasn't doing. Funny how that works, right? Funny how that operates. It's Always a good time. Robert says, no turning back now. Brownie's about to step up big time. Listen for the phone, John. We may get called up. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Is it my time to be offensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns? I don't think it's my time. I don't think it's it. All right, let's bring Big Weege in here for a moment. All right. Now, we started to have a discussion in between the break. And I'm going to let you bring your analogy to the table because if I bring it to the table, then the, then the great company that is Odyssey might believe that I'm actually out there fishing for a job. And I'm not fishing for any job at all. I love this job and only this job. But it's a good analogy, so I want you to go with it. Okay, so it was in the scenario of Bill Callahan because the Browns have to grant him permission to go over to the Titans, right? And yeah, yeah, exactly right. They they have to approve it, and uh, Callahan had to come to them, basically drop down to his knees, genuflect at the altar, and say, "Please, Kevin, can you let me go, coach my coach for my son?" And they had to say, "Yes, we grant you this wish. Yes, we do," while understanding that they they clearly take a step backwards and are less today than they were three hours ago. And, and I compared this to if you were to go
1: up to. Andy here any of our bosses and say hey I want to leave here I'm asking for your permission to you know get out of here but I'm going to go work for you know another radio station maybe in the city and they would tell you no but then I argued the question this is what the Browns could do to Bill Callahan wow. but do you bring your A game to the current job once you get told no I, I don't think you actually you know whether it's on purpose or not I don't think you can give that your 100%.
0: Okay it's a, I love the I love the way you phrased it Because you're right. They would say no. Because that's competition, right? And let's look at it. I love that the Browns were human about this, okay? I can respect that. They, they understood the moment. They understood this guy had been a football lifer. He's dedicated everything and he's been awesome to the team. So instead of giving you a gold watch, we're going to go ahead and grant you this favor. And, and according to Nick Wilson earlier in the week, or really last week, I think he said he wanted like a first or a second round pick in return for Bill Callahan. I'll wait in my inbox to see if we get anything in return. I don't think that's coming, though. (sighs) So you're right. Odyssey would say no. I believe that I would still work just as hard. I'm curious as to why you think I wouldn't and why you think Bill wouldn't. And I understand. I think your logic, though. I think your logic is you had dreams. You had hopes. You had desires for something else to happen, and then all of a sudden the rug got pulled out from underneath you. But the moment you sign a contract, whether it's fair or unfair, if you sign that contract, you have to be willing to go ahead and honor that contract, do you not? In a way, yeah, you do. Like, if if they said no, you'd still have to go
1: out and and coach the team. But I think, again, kind of the point you were just playing, you know, like, once you go up to your employer and you have that kind of in your head, like, all right, I'm going to ask them if it's okay if I leave, Mm -hmm. you've kind of already moved on. You're like you're ready to leave. Your your mind is in I'm out of this job already mode. Like I'm ready to move on to the next thing, and then that kind of gets shut down. You get told no again. I don't know that you wouldn't work as hard in your own brain. to Like All right, I'm just going to go back and do it. But I think once you get told no, it's kind of like okay, well I don't really want to be here. Mm. I'd rather be somewhere else. And internally. It's just not that same high motor that you had before.
0: It's a different angle on it. I like it. I appreciate you, Big Weas. It's a different angle. I like it. I I don't believe I would operate that way. I think anybody that works hard enough to become in any sort of position like Bill Callahan is in, like I'm currently in. I mean, I've been at this for 14 years. You know, I don't just get. I don't. I don't just. I try my best every day. Like I appreciate the fact that I have the microphone. I appreciate the fact that I have this show. And I understand that in any given moment just as easily as it was given to me, and it was not easily given to me, but it can be very easily taken away. You know, so like I think there's a pride part that comes in play there. And Bill Callahan's been, he's at the NFL. He's not coaching, you know, Pee Wee football. He's he's at the NFL, and they're paying him millions of dollars to do so. I think pride would have to take over there, but I can't play with the understanding that everyone would be as prideful as maybe myself would in this instance. And I also can't look at it the same way right now at 34 years old as maybe Bill Callahan looks at it as, what is he, 65, 66?
1: I think he's 67.
0: 67 years old? I mean, when I'm 67 years old, hell, if I'm still doing radio at 67, something has gone very wrong. Very, You guys know my retirement gig. My retirement gig, what I hope to be my retirement gig, is either a starter at a golf course or I want to work progressive field where I, I sit there and I, I'm like an usher at a baseball stadium and I just kind of watch baseball games and then I angrily tell people, like, eh, seven rows down and off to the left. And I like, and like just keep the day moving. Or I get to do the, the thing that I would dread the most out of being an usher, and I would not look forward to this, is going down and telling people, like, hey hey, buddy, you're in the wrong seats. You snuck down here from Section 350. Get back upstairs, you bum. I would hate that. Because I was the kid that I would go to baseball games and I would sneak down. And so I would kind of, I would like to be the usher that would pay it forward. And I would reward the people that sneak down from the 300s. And it would be like, if you go to Jonathan's section, it's going to be like a wink, wink, and a head nod. But he's going to let you in. Well, he's not going to tell anybody. Cause it'll be all right. As long as, as long as you're not taking anybody's spot, you'll be okay. And that'll be like my way of like giving back to the community. To the youngsters that want to watch baseball up close. So, like, if I'm doing radio, though, at 67... I have a feeling that I might have a different outlook on life than what I'm currently looking at it right now at 34. And if my kid ever got into the business, well, we're going to try really hard to steer my kid not to get in the business. We are not going to make this a third generation of broadcasters if I, can, if I can so help it. The hard part is you get around radio stations when you're a kid and you just think it's awesome. And I might be raising a little Aaron Andrews right there and I don't even know it, but neither here nor there. I do think that the Browns are in a worse spot today than they were yesterday. I think everyone can acknowledge that. Nobody is denying that. Nobody is denying the fact that the Browns are not in a good spot relative to what you were a day ago. But I, I do think the human element had to come and play for the Browns. And that's just, that's all it is. They're just being good humans. And if we've ever known anything about Stefanski and Andrew Barry and how they operate and how they, they maneuver themselves, when have you ever thought, they did that guy dirty. I haven't seen it. In the four-plus years now of Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry in Cleveland, I have not seen them make a move that I thought to myself, oh, boy, I don't know how those two lay those their head down at night. Like, that was a sketchy, sketchy move. And if I had found out after the fact that Bill Callahan had been blocked by the Browns and he truly did want to go coach his son in Tennessee... I would have understood it from the perception of the same way I would tell, you know, if Odyssey told me you're not going anywhere, it is competition. You are directly competing with the Titans. It's not like they're, uh, playing on a, on a completely different conference even. They're, I mean, they're, they're there. They're a hundred percent there. I would have understood it, but it just doesn't align anything close to what I believe Stefanski and Barry operate within. They just, they're good people. They're good hearted people and they have the ability to make this come true for not only Brian to set off his career on a, on a, a bright note, but then also to go ahead and have Bill set off his, uh, I would imagine, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, often in a good spot. Uh That guy in Cleveland says, he feels like no matter who we get for O-line coaching, it'll not be enough to remedy the situation. He says, our O-line will take a big leap backwards unless I'm proven wrong. That's the outcome I'm hoping for. I think it contradicted himself there. He's like, that's the outcome. You're not hoping that it, it takes a step back. But, yeah, the, the perception for next year, it's going to be fascinating to see. How does this affect the run game? Because, obviously, your your offensive line is directly tied to your run game. So, how does this affect the run game? And then, even further, when looking at this, how does it directly affect what you do with Jed Wills, what you do with DeWan Jones, what you do with the rest of this offensive line? Two one six four seven four. O-92. Daryl in Cleveland up next. What's up, Daryl?
3: Hey, Jay hey, Peterley, your memory is uh a little a little hazy tonight, man. You think so? You speak about the fancy and Barry and they're uh, they're great guys, I'm sure they are, but you remember a guy named Baker Mayfield?
0: I remember Baker. I remember him very well. <laughs> yeah.
3: They did Baker dirty. No, no,
4: no, 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 no. They no, did Baker no.
3: dirty. Hasmum.
0: Hasmum they did Baker dirty. Injury
3: they then picked up the Shaw watching gave a guy by the name of
0: Jimmy Haslam did Baker dirty that's not that that doesn't fall on the bedside of Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry not in my book Daryl not in my
3: book <laughs> not in your book they had to be behind the Jay Peter list. No, they had to say Feernelis no not
0: in that decision they're puppets at that decision Daryl that's not they, they don't get a they don't get a call in that one <laughs>
3: no, no man they their hands are just as dirty 230 as 230
0: million reasons why their hands aren't dirty, and that one falls on Jimmy Haslam. <laughs> man,
3: they had something to do with it, man. Just, just reminding you, that's all. all These right. are the people you're dealing with. But I do have a point, though. Yeah. Yeah, using Call- losing Callahan is, that's a big blow, man. I would just hope that guys like, I mean, if you think about Chubb, man, and you think about mm-hmm. those runs, there was always a big number 77 in front of him most of the time. Big
0: holes for Nick Chubb uh, always.
3: Big yep. holes. Big holes that were, that Teller and Petonia was opening up on both sides, man. but I would just hope that those two guys learned enough from Bill to be able to keep things stable. I mean, we shouldn't drop to the 10th best in the league. I mean, it's not like we got a line full of rookies. You got the kid that's going to have his second game, but we should be okay. It's a hit. But there are other good offensive line coaches, and if you hand them a good
0: product coming in, they should be all right. Agreed, Daryl. I and thank you. I appreciate the call as always, man. Thank you. All
3: right. All right.
0: Yeah, I, I think we're not in a bad spot. Three out of the five line is returning in full. Probably four out of five if you're talking about the center as well. 2-1-6-4-7-4-2-0-92. What kind of spot are we in when it comes to the loss of Bill Callahan off to Tennessee? We'll continue with your phone calls, your tweets as well. It's overtime. But Jonathan the Beetle in here with you on The Fan. Right now, still reacting to Bill Callahan off to Tennessee and a coach under his son, Brian. I, I said it's a classy move. You stay classy, Cleveland. It's a classy move by the Browns front office. There's no doubt about it. I am curious to find out what Nick Wilson has to say after he wanted Was it a first or a second round pick in return last week? I don't think we're getting anything in return. I think this was a simple gesture by the Browns. But in turn, it does cost us our offensive line coach, which in the previous half decade has been one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You can make an argument, made Wyatt Teller into who he is today, helped DeWan Jones become what was a fourth-round pick at the time to one of the top ten players from that draft class last year. Absolutely unreal, and the talent is unreal. Uh, honestly, I, I think we're in a pretty decent shape. Got to figure out the Jed Will situation. There's still question marks, but we're in pretty decent shape. It's not like he left us with the house on fire, and all of a sudden we're going to be trying to find any sort of way to remedy this and make this okay. All things considered, he left us in a much better spot than he inherited, and ultimately, although I do think we're a worse team than we were four hours ago, we'll be okay. Now, if it pops up next year, though, and all of a sudden we start to, uh, you know, maybe not have a run game as much and doesn't seem like our offensive line is able to pick it up the way that it, it used to, we'll know directly where that is coming from. I mean, Albert Breer last week said it would be devastating if we lost Bill Callahan. Well, that's the news tonight. 216 below 92 Dave in Strongsville up next. What's up, Dave? Hey, uh, good evening, And Listen,
2: uh,
5: you know, I generally like your takes on things, and you seem pretty reasonable in general. There's a buck coming here. You know, Stefansky and uh, Barry, I mean, it seems like the media just looks for every reason to kind of give halos to these guys. I mean, do we need to go back to the Mayfield period when he was injured? He shouldn't have been allowed to play. And the simple question of whose decision was it for him to play, you never got an answer because... This is how they handled the fans of Cleveland. They tell us what they think we want to know, but we see through it all anyway. So, you know, I just wanted to go on for the record for the longtime Browns fans in my case, 50 years fan, I really, really don't like these guys and how they do football, period. So, uh, you know, Callahan moving on, hey, that's that's a good thing, I guess, for him, and and now we'll see what we're made out of with the rest of the next man up and next coach up. But please, let's get back to objective reporting. No, but, but Dave, that's
0: not that's not objective or not objective. The, the question the man asked, because I, I had said that I, I hadn't seen them make any moves that I thought were sketchy or dirty, essentially. And I stand by, by that. The play was dirty. I'm sorry. It was,
5: it was actually... Let the guy destroy himself. That was Baker. So that we, Baker
0: was the one that wanted to go play. Baker didn't make the decision. Baker. It's Baker, not his call. It's not his call. No, they didn't refrain Baker from going call. out there. They didn't. They didn't stop Baker from going out there. But Baker was the one that was adamant that he wanted to play. That's just as much on Baker than it is anybody. And but that's not. If you, you know make what? a. If you make a football decision, though, Dave, that's not. That doesn't make you inherently a bad person. That's the argument I'm making. But this is not. This is not um, a. This is not a, a football ex's nose type thing. And we can debate that a different time. This was whether or not they. Are inherently good people, not necessarily good at their job, just inherently good people. Well, oh, okay. I let's, let's, let's just, yeah, because this is a very
5: important thing. Don't you find the way they talk uh, to the press, to the to the media, or actually to us? Okay, aren't they a little condescending? Sure. They, they're clandestine. Okay, right, so I don't think that doesn't make them a bad person. You don't. I mean, it's an amazing thing. They're very corporate, very sort yes, of. Yes, they are. They're not. Like, they're
0: not Freddie Kitchens who wants to tell you every story under the sun when he gets uh, to the press. No, conference. but I'll, I'll
5: tell you what. There's, you know, uh, Stefanski has yet to come close to a Marty Schottenheimer. Let me tell you, that guy was. A lot pretty,
0: of people are going to fall short in that respect, Dave. What's that? I said a lot of people fall short in that respect. Well, know? then that's the that's the
5: measurement we want to you know look at. Um, I, I don't care for these guys' style of how I, they have manage their football. You made that clear,
0: guys. I got you. You made that clear. And,
5: and I think we ought to, Jeff, as a whole, and you guys included, let's let's ramp this up a little bit, where they're a little bit more accountable for results. And frankly, their style of doing business haslam and them are not concentric in Cleveland. They're still. A difference there, and yet they want you know everybody to kind of be so, kumbaya. Dave, did, you, Brown, want him, did so
0: you want Did you want him fired or something after they made the postseason in one eleven games? Is that what you're telling me? Well, let me tell you something. There were
5: there were two gimmies games in there. The San Francisco game was a missed field goal, and there's a, they had the they definitely had the Irish Clover this year. Next year is going to be a real real test. Ready, I agree with that, but I, I can't go. Can't I can't. Wait.
0: I can't do anything about this year if we're in agreement that no, next year is the this test.
5: This year's over. This year's over. There's nothing we can do about right, it. So then we're in agreement. We then. So what, what more do you want from but, me? Uh, what I want is objective, sort of monitoring and
0: and and having them That's to, all I've ever uh, given you. You know, be more it's transparent. All, it's, all I've ever given you. All I owe you is honesty. It's all I ever tell people, Dave. Oh, well, all I owe you is okay. honesty, and I've all just right. been honest how I see it the entire stretch of the way. It's all, all I've ever right. been. Well, listen,
5: thanks for your honesty, but I think you know when we're done and you can sleep on it, you're going to say, "Well, maybe Dave has a point." Because the real fans of I, Cleveland okay. are seeing through this, and you guys, seeing other what? than Garrett Wilson, uh, really don't Garrett really want to make plays for the that Jets. Way. What are
0: you talking about, Dave? I got to go, man. Other than Garrett Wilson, what is he talking about? You mean Garrett Bush and then subscribe Nick Wilson? Like, did they, did he invert Garrett Bush and Nick Wilson? Is that what happened there? I think that might have been what happened there. I think he went for Garrett Bush or maybe Nick Wilson and then came up with Garrett Wilson instead. What part of us, what part of us is not being objective when it comes to the, especially me of all people? My good, the, the number one complaint I have, if you believe the, the dweebs that go ahead and throw the digital rocks in my direction on the internet is that I'm not as much of a homer as they'd like. Please, You can tell, you can say a lot of things about me. but uh, me being anything short of objective when it comes to the uh, stefanski Berry situation, but listen, I it's not even a question of X's nose. It's a question of whether or not I believe they're fair and good people. and I can take there's a lot of good and fair people that I believe are awful head coaches. We've seen that all over the place. All over the place in all sports here in Cleveland, we've seen good and fair people be what I believe to be not great head coaches. That's not a that's not an indictment one way or another on whether or not I think they should be a coach or not a coach. But you said it yourself, Dave. Eleven wins, postseason appearance. What do you want? If next year is the test, what do you want? You want everyone to just step up to, uh, to the media here and step up to the anyone that has a microphone to just call for these guys' heads when he's going to win Coach of the Year? I mean, come on. I think Dave, you're going to sleep on it. And then you'll think about this later and you'll be like, maybe JP made a good point or two. Maybe JP had it right. I don't know. Time will tell. 216474 to below 92. But in letting Bill Callahan go, the point I'm trying to make is that this did showcase that they're humans. The Browns are humans. They let them and their own success take a back seat in favor of granting this favor to a guy that's been experienced in the NFL. And a guy that had earned the right to go coach for his son and see his son have success. That is the epitome of class. That would be the definition of class in the dictionary. You can respect it. And I've never thought that Haslam, or I never thought, excuse me, not Haslam. I never thought that Barry or Stefanski have ever been anything short of that in my dealings. Personal, professional, otherwise. They might make boneheaded decisions from time to time and I'll rip them for that. But they're good people at the heart of it. Doesn't mean I want him as my coach for the next decade, but they're good people at the heart of it. Troy in the car up next. What's up, Troy?
6: What's going on, Jonathan? This is too depressing with the Baker Wars being brought back up and then leaving the gym and finding Bill Callahan's gone. Can we get some of the business or the
0: motto going or what? <laughs> the business or the motto? Uh, yeah, uh, on a Tiesto song. Thursday, we can just we can just get anything going you need. because You're, you're all right. got to bring the vibes back in here somewhere. Jax, right. give me a Tiesto Thursday mid-segment, <laughs> please and thank you.
6: Yeah. Yeah, you had me, man. When it became Tiesto Thursday, you made me a habitual caller. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. I love it. Love it. But now that ask. the Baker Wars are brought up, though, I mean, I would like to completely agree with you. I mean, Haslam—if you're a true Cleveland fan, as Dave's saying—then, I mean, he's wrong. If you, if you've been around for this whole time, I've been a season ticket holder for over a decade. Jimmy Haslam's a meddler, and he meddled, and that's how he ended up with Watson. I mean, right. right. Um. And then if he's, I don't know what, I mean, I was a mediocre collegiate athlete, but I've never been at any point as an athlete if I said to a coach, I can't go, I'm not able to play. I know it's a completely different spectrum, but I'm just saying from personal experience of playing any level of any sport, I have friends who are in Major League Baseball. I've never heard any stories of being forced to play when you said you can't go
0: right. It was Baker's call. It's been widely reported it was Baker's call. And thank you, Troy. I do appreciate you, man. Enjoy your test yeah, no on problem. Thursday. Thanks,
6: Jonathan. All right, Take good care. stuff.
0: Yeah, I. it was widely reported it was Baker's call. Come on. Lou in North Royalton up next. What's up, Lou? Hey, Jonathan. Um,
7: I, I, I don't, I, I'm astounded, astounded at, at some of these callers. <laughs> that guy, Dave, uh, he, he's a clown. He, he's a clown and a moron. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you can't probably you can't say that, but I'm going to say for no, you. No,
0: no, I don't like to say that, but thank you, Will.
7: Okay, but uh, and that Daryl guy too. It, it was 100 percent Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a cocky, you know what, and he always betted, you know, for himself. And this this time it turned out it turned out wrong. The Browns were stuck. They didn't They didn't know if that was the fourth year, that 2021. That was his fourth year. So they picked up a fifth-year option. So they needed to see what they had in Baker Mayfield. If I was Baker Mayfield, I would have said, now, nope, dude, because you know you're getting that fifth year. I'm like, no, I'm shutting it down until I'm 100% healthy. And if you want to call me weak or a wimp or whatever, fine. But I'm, I got my career to think about, and I'm shutting it down until I'm 100%. Other than that, it, 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 now, Andrew Berry might have been smiling in the background saying, okay, well, you go ahead and prove it to us. Now, if he would have, you know, if he would have been able to perform, then I, I truly believe Andrew Berry doesn't make that trade. But since he, he – obviously, he wasn't the same quarterback, so he had to make that trade. He had to do what was best for the organization. So, I mean – uh, you guys, I mean, I know you can't scream, but, um, these people, and then th- 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 this guy calls himself a Brown fan. He ain't a Brown fan. It's it's moronic. It's moronic. And I, I'm sitting here driving and I'm thinking to myself, Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, where do these people come from? Uh, oh, and then I also want to make a, they're I want
0: to make people, a comment. They're my people.
7: I want to, i to make a quick comment. Um, the, the other color you had when you were talking about the Cavs, that Sean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he was literally crying. He's like, I just want to see the Cavs go deep in the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell, um, he, he's not going to sign with the Cavaliers. Get that, everybody, get that out of your head. Donovan Mitchell is not signing with the Cavaliers. He doesn't he might, want to Lou. play for Cleveland. He might. You don't huh? know. you Lou, you don't no, know No, no, no. Come on. Uh, Jonathan, come on now. No, I love you. Just you stuck up for me it. for like
0: two and a half minutes here. But, like, I mean, I, I – no, no, come on, no, Donovan.
7: I, I, I'm, I'm, you are got to win. If you win, Donovan will say. No, no, no.
0: Look, look at it this way. He – last Wait, year – Wait, Bill, we're talking about Bill Callahan right now. Okay, hey, okay, call go. call up Cal- later. Call up later. When the Cavs game no, ends, no, no, call no, no, up okay. and we'll take your whole entire call, okay? All right, all right man. All right, thank you. I appreciate you. We're, we're, it's a TSO Thursday and the Cavs are on. So, like, a, come on, come on. It's, uh, let's talk Browns. On a TSO Thursday, come on.
4: LeVon in Cleveland up next. What's up, Lavon? Hey, what's going on? Hey,
0: LeVon,
4: how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right. I'm good. just going through all this static about the Browns. Mm-hmm. They, this um, coach that they fired, all these firing other coaches, I think they should have never fired none of the coaches. They just, said, they just had a talk with them and say, hey, we had a good season. We need you all to step up and, and play different. And then you got uh, Bill Belichick out there. You couldn't bring them in as a coach. You get all these other positions. You could have brought them in. Just get them in the organization so you can have them here to. now Bill just wants support. to. Bill wants
0: to be a coach and then do everything on his own. He's not coming here to be okay. a, an assistant or
4: anything, Okay, honesty. well, let's focus on the players. What the players need on the off season, they need to build up their stamina. Or like, I know football and basketball is different. Like when LeBron on the off season, he worked on his jumper. Yeah, and then he. So the Browns just need to work on, on, on something on the off season, so they can be better next season. All this fighting on the coaches, I think they should have brought the coaches back. This is just confusing. It is just destructive. And you know, they had a good season. They just should have had a talk with the co- coaches and say, hey, look, we need you to step up and we need to we try to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the, Fire them up, Yvonne. Fire them up. The Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah you get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You shouldn't do all this firing of the coaches. It's just confusing, dude. So, hope we have a better season. You know, Nick Chubb, he's been practicing. You know what I'm saying? We haven't. So, all the Brown players should follow Nick Chubb. Practice and get better. Do your homework. You get better when you put in the work. Yeah. You'll be a better person. All right. All right. Thank you, Yvonne. Go Browns.
0: Thank you. Go Browns. It's a good way to end that right there. He's like a Tony Robbins speech right there. You just got to practice. You got to do the homework. Okay. I wonder if Yvonne coached anywhere at any point in life. You got to practice. You got to do the homework. You got to, you got to get into it. Woo. 10 minutes wore me out. Can I be honest with you? We were flying through the first like hour 45 and then we somehow, how did Bill Callahan turn into the Baker Wars? How did that happen? We have avoided the Baker Wars the entire time we've had overtime with John of the Beetle, and the Beatle we have, we have successfully avoided the Baker Wars and then we bring up Bill frickin' Callahan and all of a sudden it's Baker Radio. What, what happened there? How did that happen? I'll never know. Alright, here's a tease for the fan focus coming up next because uh uh I think you're gonna you're gonna want to hear this. Here we go. You made Home Alone, you made Home Alone Two. Both were fantastic movies. Then they got that other kid in there that nobody knows, and they tried to make Home Alone three and nobody wants to talk about it. I ain't doing Home Alone Three. Oh, so you think they be over. Who is Ken Carmen talking about and comparing it to Home Alone One, Two, and Three? You'll find that out more. Fan Focus next, right here in the fan.